everyone. Greetings, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Literally Disturbed. My name is Katie. And this is Brittany. And this is a paranormal and true crime podcast. Yes. And today's episode is a special episode. Um, we're starting to do special listener story episodes where people send in their own true crime and paranormal stories. Um, but with the recent Gabby Petito case and all of the, you know, sharing and stuff back and forth on social media, we had a lot of people who were wanting a platform to share their loved ones' stories and get some attention for them. So I gave them a resource to send us in their information. And this is what this episode is going to be about primarily. We're going to do some, it's all of these were sent in by someone, by a loved one. I'm not going to go into detail. We're not going to say their names, um, but just focus on the person in question. Yes. Or in concern, I guess. Uh, So I'm going to go ahead and start. And again, this isn't a traditional isn't this isn't a traditional listener story. This is something special we're doing just because of this, you know, recent request. Okay, so our first one is Olivia Fowler. She was last seen on August 13th of 2020. She's 5'2", 100 pounds, and she's blonde hair with hazel green eyes and Caucasian. She has a tattoos or she has a tattoo that says I love you on her right arm and is missing her right fang tooth. The clothing that she was last seen wearing is a tie-dye shirt with white cut-off shorts and black flip-flops. Uh, she left a residence on Long Road around 2 a.m. that Friday morning. Last confirmed sighting was around 10.30 a.m. walking along Pebble Brook Road in Meriwether County. She has three small children and just vanished from her boyfriend's house, but he refuses to talk and take a lie detector to test. She missed her son's first birth and her grandmother passing. She missed a funeral at her mom's house, which is the sister of the lady that, this is her aunt that submitted the story. But her mother, her mother's house caught fire and they lost everything and she didn't come home for that. So obviously these are events that if she were capable of being there, she would have been there, right? She loves her kids and her family, and would never just walk away. She would never miss her child's birthday. It's very heartbreaking to our family. We just pray she is out there alive. Um, but it's been too long. We want answers. So if anyone has any information on Olivia Fowler, you can send, um, if you want, you can send us a message to, in, in response to any of these stories, to literally disturbpodcast at gmail.com, or you can alert your local authorities, and they can help you from there, which is probably your best bet. Yeah. Because... <laughs> All we're going to do is just be the middleman for that that next step. Okay, so the next one is Cecilia Huerta Gallegos. She is 5'1", 120 pounds. She has brown eyes and hair, and she is Hispanic. This is a quote from her. Should I ever go missing, please look for me and know that my husband did something to me. That's very scary. Ominous, yeah. Yeah. So that was one of Cecilia's last statements made to her coworkers and friends before she ended up disappearing. Cecilia was afraid and looking forward to getting her children and herself to safety. She was last seen on July 7, 2019 at Southwick Street, Northwest San Antonio. They believe a white, ta- a white Tahoe with license plate CYN7282 may be connected to her disappearance. So if you see that vehicle, please report it to the San Antonio Police Department. Yes. So this is from a um, San Antonio newspaper clipping. So, a San Antonio man whose wife had been missing for nearly two months was seen the day after her disappearance, 
unloading a chainsaw, two shovels, and heavy-duty trash bags in front of their home. According to the court records released Thursday, Reyes Gallegos, 34, was arrested Wednesday and charged with making a false police report, a Class B misdemeanor. Cecilia is believed to be a victim of domestic violence. If you or anyone else you know is a victim, please contact 800-799-SAFE or 7233 or text START to 88788. Okay, so next we have uh, Elena de la Cruz. She is 62, uh, approximately 5'3", 110 pounds, and she is black. She speaks Spanish. Her hair is cut short, but she may be wearing a wig and is of Puerto Rican descent. Uh, She was last seen Friday, July 10th, 2021 at 1616 Grand Avenue in Bronx, New York. Her daughters tell News 12 that it's not like their mom to just run off. The family says she speaks Spanish better than English and has difficulty hearing. The only lead her daughters say they have is that their mother said she was seeing a new man. Oh. Yes. So... If anyone has any information on that, please alert your local authorities or you can go to, I believe it's Missing Persons Bronx. There's like a a link for that somewhere. Yeah, we'll put that in the show notes. Yes. Okay, so the next one is Samantha Sperry. She is 25, has strawberry blonde hair, hazel eyes. She's 5'4", and she's 100 to 130 pounds. Samantha was last seen March 28, 2018 in Graves County, Kentucky, walking towards Kentucky 849, wearing stretch pants with a red waistband and a gray hoodie. She has multiple tattoos, including a rose with a skull on her right shoulder, two roses with a rose on her right lower abdomen, and a tiger lily and a sunflower on her left thigh. For any information, please call the Graves County Sheriff's Office. Okay, and now we have Shanna Boiteau. She's missing from St. Cloud, Minnesota. She was last seen on June 22nd of 2016. She's 2357, 135 pounds with brown hair and brown eyes. This is a quote from her mother, Angela Stark. She says she was going to be gone. She'd be leaving for a little while, but she'd be back. And now five years later, she's not back. Stark said that her daughter vanished into thin air, leaving home in Chippewa Falls. All we really want to know is where she is. If she's deceased, where she is so that we can bring her home. Or if she's alive, we just want her to come home. She was last seen north of St. Cloud on June 2000, in June 2016 and hasn't been seen it since. Okay, so this one is about Daniel Robinson. So this case is actually very interesting, and I did a um, I did a little article on the website about it. If you guys want to check out a little bit more information, and there's some links and stuff to things, I think. But it's very mysterious how this this young fella ended up missing. So his father, David Robinson, has been in Arizona for the last three months searching for his 24 year old son, who went missing after leaving a work site in the desert in his Jeep Renegade on d- July 23rd. His father, who lives in South Carolina, hired an independent investigator and assembled a volunteer search team when he says when he felt the police weren't making progress in the investigation. He also says he failed to get the amount of media coverage he believed the case needed. The case was reported by the local media as early as July 9th. Daniel's car was discovered by a rancher on July 19th, about three miles away from the work site where he was last seen. The vehicle had suffered crash damage, and a pile of his clothing and belongings were discovered nearby. 
So the type of work that Daniel was doing out in the middle of the desert was he was a geologist. So that was the kind of work site that he was on. Maybe he discovered something important. That he wasn't supposed to discover or they didn't want anyone else to know was or discovered. Or maybe they wanted it for money because yeah. he was a geologist. I don't know. Anyways, I'm not. True. That was all, just a theory. Buckeye Police Assistant Chief Bob Sanders told CNN that his officers have covered all of our bases in the search for Daniel Robinson. Sanders said that the department has followed up on every lead, interviewed coworkers, friends, and relatives, and reviewed all evidence. As of Wednesday, no foul play is suspected in Daniel Robinson's disappearance, Sanders said, but the investigation is still ongoing. I just, I know that they can't officially declare that there was no foul play because there's no, like, blood or no... Yeah, but his but car the fact suffered that he's, crash right. damage. And the fact that he's just gone. Yeah. Like, where did he go? Someone had to have taken him. Yeah, so that has to be foul play in yeah. my head. I don't know. Okay, so next up we have Lauren Cho, who was last seen in Yucca Valley or Morongo Valley area in California. She's wearing a yellow shirt and jeans shorts. She's also known as L and was last seen leaving a residence around 5 p.m. on June 28th in Yucca Valley in California. She hasn't been seen or heard from since. She moved to California from New Jersey eight months earlier. Morongo Basic Sheriff Station announced that the investigators from the Specialized Investigations Division, experts in homicides and suspicious deaths, are assisting in the search effort, investigating leads, and working with Cho's family and friends. Detectives with the Morongo Basin Station have executed a search warrant in the 8600 block of Benmar Trail, where she was last seen reportedly walking away from the residence and conducted aerial searches of a remote mountain terrain nearby. And as of now, there are no further leads. So if you have any information on the disappearance of Lauren Cho, please contact your local authorities. So Maya Milete, she is 39, 5'2", 105 pounds. She has brown eyes and brown hair. So she has tattoos on her wrist. She has one that is on her shoulder that wraps around to her clavicle, of music notes and a hummingbird. In California, family members of a married Chula Vista mother of three are still searching for her after more than eight months after she was last seen. She disappeared on January 7th without a trace. Her sister said the attention of the Petito case has become a painful reminder of Maya's unknown whereabouts. I know Chula Vista police are working very hard, but the urgency we see in this case is heartbreaking. Her sister told KGTV, the Chula Vista Police Department are working with the San Diego County District Attorney Office, the FBI, and the Naval Criminal Investigative Service. On July 22nd, Larry, Maya's husband, was named a person of interest in the case. The Chula Vista Police Department said it has interviewed 79 individuals and written 64 search warrants for residents, vehicles, cell phones, and electric devices, and social media data in the case in a statement that was published on September 9th. That is a lot of investigation. Yes. And it's very and sad that there's nothing. Up. Yeah. That's just very, very heartbreaking. We're going to change lanes here in our last story. Yeah. And we're going to leave off with a, a paranormal listener story from our new patron member, Kendra, and one of our biggest friends. Yeah, so Kendra sent in this paranormal story, which I'm really excited about. 
She said, so first of all, I have to tell you guys that I always love listening to your podcast. I'm one of your biggest fans in case you didn't already know. We do. Thank you. <laughs> and only because you support us so much. Yes. And we love it. Please, please, please keep the dirty-minded jokes on because I love them. And I also always think that's what she said when you guys are talking about something. <laughs> Same. So I'm glad that we at least have some listeners out there that appreciate our sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Also love the grammar correcting on last week's episode because Facebook drives me nuts when people don't use grammar correctly. Same. She was talking about the Gabby Petito Facebook group. Yes. And if let me just do a quick little let you know so it's called the group is called what happened to gabby petito but happened is spelled h-a-p-p-e-n-d instead of h-a-p-p-e-n-e-d happened and not not happened you know and it was just annoying i'm sorry and especially with how much this case was getting brought up in my news feed it's like every other post was from that group and i was just like oh uh anyways So my story about a paranormal interaction, or I guess you could say paranormal, was at my old apartment. There were a few nights that this would happen, and it scared the shit out of me to the point where I had to go buy a cross for my bedroom. So I don't know about anyone else, but sometimes through the night I wake up and roll quite a bit. Uh, yeah. Oh, I know. Being pregnant has um, definitely made me do that. Well, wait until... Every 30 minutes. Yeah, that's not going to go away, because after you have kids, you can't (laughs) move either. Like, it's just, you can't stay in one spot. You have to... Your back and your bones, mm-hmm. and plus we get old. Anyways, as my children like to remind me. Uh, one night when I was sleeping, I was facing my door, and I saw a girl with red eyes standing in my doorway. Fuck, Fuck no. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. She had a white dress on and kind of looked like the little girl from The Grudge. Uh, double, double fuck, fuck no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I really wasn't uh-huh. but for real, no way. Uh, when I saw that, I turned over to my other side, <laughs> and the second that I did that, she was standing next to my bed. Ew. Yeah, like, what? You turn over, and then she's there? Mm-mm. No, you're supposed to turn away, so she goes away. Needless to say, I had to put the covers over my head, because I was freaked out. Yeah. Although, I feel like, even in the, is it the Grudge or the Ring, where she comes out from under the covers, like... It's been forever since I watched. I can't remember. I think it is The Grudge, and it's super fucking creepy. Probably because it's just like from in the bed, and she's like, Uh, yeah, no, 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 no. Anyways, don't like it. Don't like it. Don't like it at all. I'm not sure if this was just my mind playing tricks for me, or if I was fully awake at the time, but I was scared shitless. Yeah, Mm -hmm. this happened on and off for the next week when I would sleep in the lip. When I would sleep in the living room where I had my cross, she wouldn't come in there. So after that week, I went and bought a cross for my bedroom and she never appeared again. This isn't the only paranormal thing that has happened to me, but it is it is one that I will always remember. I would have covered every inch of that house with, with crosses. crosses. <laughs> like literally like moms. She and used remember to have cross a cross wall. wall. Yeah. I think we recovered for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, just spread them all uh-huh. around the house. Like one in every corner. Be gone, Satan. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah, no, I'm good on that. Well, I think that's all we have for you today. It's a quick little quick little episode. And and for those of you who did write in, I know this was a, a week delayed because we had a little bit of a delay in the Gabby Petito story, and I'm sorry. But it's here, as promised. And I hope that you share with your friends and family so we can get some, at the very least, get some attention on these cases and help them find some answers, possibly, which would be 
would be at least a little I- help. Yeah, it'd be ideal. Yes. Um, and if you or anyone you know has a personal true crime or paranormal story that you would like to send in, you can send it in to our, our email at literallydisturbedpodcast at gmail.com. And just make sure that you're sending it there because it Please. will get lost in our social media. It does. Um, by the way, if you are waiting and there was a lot of you that sent me like comments, messages like, hey, can you do this? I'm not going to lie. I If I didn't save them right then, if I was able to, they got lost and I couldn't find them. So please send them to the, the Gmail account to literally disturb podcast at gmail.com because that's how we keep track of them. And just title it listener story and... Yes, and you can put the name or whatever. It doesn't matter. Just that way we know what it is. But thank you guys for listening and thank you, Kendra, for being yes, a new Patreon. We and, love you. And thank you to our continued patron members. Yes. It literally, thank you because it literally. keeps us going. Literally. Yes. And for those of you who would like to be a patron member, please... Go to patreon.com slash literally disturbed and join for only $5 a month. Yeah. Help out your favorite true crime paranormal podcast sisters. But you don't have to. You don't. But it'd be cool if you did. It'd be a lot cooler if you did, right? (laughs) Isn't that what he says? I don't know. (laughs) All All right. right. We'll see you next week, guys. Bye. Bye.